Hi, everybody. It's me, Scott Ranieri. Uh, the reason, before I start off the episode, I just want to let you know, this was originally supposed to be released the week of October 1st as a nice little, uh, you know, birth month surprise for both myself and everyone who actually listens to this thing. All eight of you. <laughs> but seriously, I have to prelude this with the whole fact that it's been delayed the entire month because for three-fourths, if not most of the entire month of October, I've had to deal with a lot of personal issues, family issues, and my computer had crashed literally October 1st. So, yeah. Well, actually October 2nd, if we're going to get technical, but still. October has not been my month. So I'm releasing this episode in its entirety as it was originally recorded back on, I would have to say, September the weekend, the last weekend of September of 2019. And I'm going to release a shorter episode, just one rant, and that's virtually, it'll be like maybe an hour or so, if that. And I'm going to release that sometime later this week. Afterwards, hopefully we can get back to our regularly scheduled programming, and I can bring you a couple more interviews as well. So, in the meantime, please enjoy the third episode of The Experiment. Cheers. The experiment is now live. Hello and welcome. I am Scott Ranieri, your host and guide through this lovely audible perspective of mine. And if you can listen very carefully, and if you've listened to this podcast before, typically this is the part where I talk about, hey, I got this person on this show today that we're going to talk about all types of random stuff. But this time around, I thought I'd try a different approach. And you're probably wondering, hold up a minute. You said you're going to take a break. Yeah, I lied. <laughs> I didn't really lie, but I will get into that in the first rant called The Identity, or Tales of an Office Worker, where I talk about being exhausted from working an office job on top of my many other side gigs, and learning how to understand my exhaustion and the need for reflection and rest of oneself. I get real candid this episode with that, as well as with the second rant, which is all about romance, titled This Romantic is Tired. And I'm not going to say too much more about it because, you know, it, it, the best things come in time. However, I will say that it's going to be extra personal this episode around. So buckle up, strap in, and seriously, if you need to, grab a shot or two. You, you might need it. Because <laughs> I know I will. This is The Experiment Episode 3, and I'm Scott Ranieri. Stick around. Welcome, one and all, to The Odd Man's Rant. I know, right? Let's all right. Let's just get into it. So this odd man's rant is called, as I mentioned earlier, the identity or tales of an office worker. Now look, my last episode I said was I'm going to drop a new episode until October twelfth, I believe. And in the meantime, between me dropping that episode featuring the lovely, the lovely pair that is Tiffany and Michelle of Two Hoosiers in L.A. And the time of me dropping this one, a lot has gone down. So I'll give you a very small recap of my personal life. Uh, since the drop of that episode, I've started, I started experiencing what I like to call my, my yearly birthday anxiety. See, my birthday, surprise, 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 is in October, October 29th to be specific. And 
during the month or these uh, leading up to that birthday, I have what I'd like to call super bouts of anxiety. Basically, basically what that means is I get extra anxious about what I've been doing with my life up until the point where I turn one year older officially. And it's not always a pretty sight. I get freaked out. I get spastastic. I get extra emotional. Basically, it is the closest you can think of as to a man having his period. Literally, that's the closest I can think of in terms of representation. And this has been happening more and more often every year. In fact, it's been happening to the point where I, you know, I spaz out on coworkers at one of my previous jobs. I spaz out on superiors. I've managed to not get fired. Right? I know, right? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. How have I not gotten fired for this type of behavior? Well, it's because I do a good job. Even though at times I'm like, why, do you, why are the rest of you so absolutely incompetent? You're probably also noticing that I'm not swearing as much in this particular episode. And that's because, well... I wanted to get this point across without having to get the good old explicit sign slapped onto it. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to put that on there because the, the rant I'm going to be doing after this one is about romance. So fuck is going to be used excessively in that one. <laughs> but for this one, I'm going to try and keep the thing. I'm going to try and keep this as PG as possible. Or at least PG-13. So I just dropped my one F-bomb for this rant. So congrats. You just heard it. Alright, in the meantime, though, I did want to talk about, as I mentioned, the idea of exhaustion. See, since the year 2015, I had been either working or working hard at trying to get a job, a regular job, as you would, I'll put air quotes around that, a regular job. What I mean by that is a job that does not align with my particular career or at least a career I would want to have, or that I feel most happy having. These jobs are very, very in industry. I've worked in three call centers, two of which involving the healthcare industry. I almost said, I almost said healthcare industry, because let's face it, we're in the United States. This is the only place where healthcare don't mean doesn't mean jack compared to other other industries, because they make all the money, and I get screamed out over the phone for not being able to ship somebody their medication because, you know. Th they get screwed out of the. They get screwed out by the f the pharmacies and the middlemen between the whole single pair. Look, I'm not gonna get extra political about this particular thing because that's just for another time. But I'm going to say that the healthcare system, as someone who's worked on the inside, the healthcare system in this country is is garbage. It's absolute trash. In fact, I can. The only thing I can think of that's more trash than the healthcare system in this country are the Kardashians. All of the Kardashians. So, yeah, that that says about as my opinion on that is about as solid as I can make it. And I know people who work in that industry. They can reinforce this because, well, they know it's trash. They know it's messed up. They know it's rigged against them with the insurance companies as well as many other things and the pharmaceutical companies. And Again, I'm getting a little too deep into it, but the point is I've worked in these jobs and I've had to endure a lot of abuse. The third call center I worked at after that was out here. And I worked in a place that, and I worked in a place that had me sit in front of a computer and robodial people. Yes, I worked in one of those places, and that means I got yelled at by people, and I called on nonprofit. I called and read scripts about, you know, read scripts that had people to donate on nonprofits. Basically, it's the salesman tactic. I'm asking people to give me money 
for these non-profit organizations. And the thing is, is that a lot of them people are fine with. The best time I've ever had at that particular job for the month or so I was there was when I was just calling to say, no, 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 I'm not calling to ask you for money. I'm just calling to say thank you for donating. It's like, oh, oh, thanks. Well, yeah, that's that's very nice of you. And like, that's all right. It's just you know, it's just what I'm doing. And it, it, now those calls were super pleasant. But then I ended up having to leave at the end of the day because I had to leave at the end of the day. Let me start that back. I ended up having to leave at the end of the day, at the end of the day, having to, you know, try and process my emotional, my emotional frustration with the fact that I always ended up, most of those days I was there, the last hour or half hour or so, I would end up having to call women, Catholic women, and ask them to donate to Planned Parenthood. This was not on purpose. It was just women in the Midwest who most likely get their news from conservative outlets and truly believe that Planned Parenthood kills and uses babies for experimentation like on some orphan black level ridiculousness and if you ever watch the show orphan black that's the only place where i can tell you that they actually do that shit like seriously that is the one of the only few times i've actually seen that happen well there's some other examples but, I, but that's like the most prevalent one since it deals with cloning and tatiana Mezlani working like a boss to play three not four different freaking roles in one episode and in some cases 20. <laughs> i don't know how she does it she deserves her goddamn emmy but look she deserves six but look Okay, enough of enough me trying enough of me kissing the the posteriors of the of a particular club of one woman. The point is, is that I kept working these jobs. I after that I ended up in two office jobs almost back to back. I didn't have much vacation time in terms of like maybe a handful of days, and when I did have time off, it was on the weekends. So I worked forty hours a week at the job I left after after that job. I worked forty hours a week at an office job in Woodland Hills, California. Just, um, if I'm not mistaken, where is that? Yeah, it's, it's not that far. If you live in Los Angeles, Woodland Hills is like the edge of the San Fernando Valley. It's out there. It's hot as balls. And depending on how much you're getting paid, I was getting paid $15 an hour. Yeah, it's trash. It was trash. And I was living in downtown at the time. So it was pretty trash to keep working that job but i couldn't find anything that paid any more i couldn't figure out a way of trying to you know supplement that income in some cases i was afraid i was afraid of a lot of things but that one i was just afraid of the most because if i couldn't hold a job out there it just means it just meant that i had to do the same thing that happened when i couldn't hold when i couldn't get a job after graduating art school i had to go back to pittsburgh pennsylvania where my mother and the rest of my family were and at least at the time of this recording, and I'd go and try again from there. The problem is, is that there's not is that it's the same issues. It's the same issue back then. Well, actually, it would be the same issue now as if it was back then. There's nothing for me artistically or creatively back there. It just isn't. I love my friends. They're great people, but the problem is, I can't stay in a place where I just don't feel any type of creative pull or push or anything like that. In other words. It's a place where people go to pay bills and not much else. Like, they just 
to entertain themselves, but then they just push and work themselves like a like workhorses. And I'm a man of mixed race. I'm mostly black with bits of German and Italian, well, Sicilian-Italian in them, according to my parents. And, well, I'm going to take a sip here. Hold up. Oh, that's better. So, yeah, I've going back there was just nothing for me. So I pushed myself to keep having these office jobs. So I could find myself some form of sustainable living out there. But the problem with that is you're not fulfilled. I wasn't fulfilled. And I worked at office job for over a year, almost two years. And I hated it. A year and a half of that. For about as long as I was staying in Pittsburgh before moving back in 20 s- to LA in 2017. I hated it. It just got worse over time. And as I and as I was getting close to the point of just having to quit, it, w- it was getting to the point where it, it got tense at my live my living situation got tense, and then my work situation got even more tense, and it was just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, the only solace I had at one point was sitting on the was sitting on the bus, riding up and down at least twenty hours a week. Um, around 20 hours a week was spent on the 101 on the Commuter Express 422. Now, for those of you living outside of Los Angeles or outside of America, what that be, what that means is it's a big old like Greyhound like bus. It's a big old like a uh, charter bus, retrofitted for more commuter type aspects. But it's a or like lo- like you know like a local transit type access. You've seen the type. They have they have them for multiple jurisdictions, but Basically, it's the bus that goes from one end of the city to the no- to another. And I rode that bus for around 20 hours a week for a year and for um, over a year or close to it. Cuz I wasn't living I wasn't always living in downtown when I had the when I had that job. But I had but the only solace I got at one point was sleeping on that bus. For two hours, uh, for two hours and for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. And trust me when I tell you, I hated it. It was depressed. It was depressing and miserable. And all I wanted to do was just. <sighs> it brought me to some really dark places. I was. I, I didn't want to be alive anymore. I hated every breath that I drew. I resented every morning I woke up. And over time, I was just just too burnt out so I got to the point where I had to figure out something luckily luckily the lovely people at the staffing company called Aerotech shout out to those guys shout out to those guys they're awesome awesome staffing company they I got they got me out of that job and put me in a better job that paid me 50% more for less time and I thought this is what I'm trying to do now we're talking baby now we're talking and instead of me going all the way out to Woodland Hills, I would be at the foot of UCLA. Shortest morning commute ever. Having to just go down Wilshire and whoop extreme amounts of ass at work. I felt great. I always came with a great attitude in the beginning. And I got hired on just before the holiday. Just before the holidays. Like I was in between uh, Thanksgiving and they had hired me. They got me uh, staffed there between 
Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I got there for all the holiday parties. I got to meet everybody who I was going to be working with and just getting it in. Boom, boom, boom. Just I was happy, supremely happy. But, you know, like any good, like any good job or car or anything good, eventually, you know, the new that new car smell or that new job smell begins to wear off. And then you figure out whether or not, you know, whether it's worth it. At the time, for at least the first few months, it was. Between the time of December and I believe it was, I think it was around April or between April and May. Yeah. April and May of that year, I was very happy with the job. I was ecstatic, especially since I didn't really have much to do at times. So uh, I kind of sat and, you know, every once in a while when they realized they couldn't give me anything, they couldn't tell me anything. You know, I wasn't really trained for accounting work. So, eh. I watch TV. I watch YouTube videos. And I have looked up stuff about, you know, screenwriting and keeping up on the film news because, you know, I went to art school for film. Graduated with a bachelor's in fine arts for digital cinema and video production from the now-closed Art Institute of California, Los Angeles. It was an art school that used to be housed right across the street from the Blizzard Activision, from the Blizzard Activision office in Santa Monica, next to the Santa Monica Airport, off of 31st Street and Ocean Park. And I was, I was okay for the time being, but I wanted something more. I didn't want to admit it to myself at the time because I was just like, isn't this what people wanted? But as I learned, it didn't drive me. It kept me solvent, which kept me happy. I could splurge on all types of things. You know, I could eat better food. I could get better clothes. I could feel better about my life. But as the time went on, hold on. Oh, okay. As time went on, my life became a little bit more stressed, and it started to reflect, and it started to resemble the old way I was living with the previous job. So, and I didn't have a car throughout this entire time I did this, by the way. I've never owned a car. I've driven cars, but I've never owned a car. And every time I've tried to get a car, the problem was just either not just the money and the budgeting, but time. I never had time or energy to try and do that, and I was just exhausted at the end of the day. So I put on TV just to keep my brain going, or just to keep myself alive, and reward myself for just making it through another day. But then I kept doing that for a month, and a few months. So around late, uh, not Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend, I went to go visit my, I went to go visit my sister, uh, Tina, or my half-sister, Tina. Uh, she goes by Tina Turntables, so should check her out if you're out in the Palm Desert and Palm Springs area. She's a great DJ. She usually does the libation room in Indio. Check that out. Well, I don't know if it's Indio, but look up the libation room if you're out in Palm Desert, Palm Springs. Thursdays and Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, you just look her up. She is banging. She's got the jams. I will say that. We, you know, we're, you know, we're related, so we got we got taste. We got some good taste. Um, that aside, I went out there to clear my head and try to figure out what I want to do next. And then a month later, I moved out from my old place in downtown and moved in st and stayed with my friends. After that, and while I was there, I had some time to think because I could actually, I actually had a slightly shorter, but also longer commute at that point. 
And I started to think about some things, but nothing didn't really take off in terms of what I wanted to do until the until last week. Actually, not last week, until the month of September. During September, a couple of things happened that started to get me... Well, I started to get extremely anxious because, well, October is just around the corner. What am I doing with my life? It's my new year. What am I going to do? I'm still not in the industry. I'm still not doing anything close to it. I'm just doing these shoots. But I started to do shoots. I had booked studio spaces and paid for them through PeerSpace. Shout out to PeerSpace. And I'd taken some of the best photos and work I've ever done, period. And it w I was just getting better with my art. It was awesome. But the issues I still had were still there. So, and literally, just that month, I was doing two shoots almost back to weekly. And it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot. And on top of that, I had been helping out in the Two Hoosiers in L.A. podcast throughout that issue, or throughout that time. I had been helping out in the theater. I helped out in the theater I, I did stand-up at uh, Skip Town Playhouse. I've been doing a lot, a lot, a lot. And I've just kept going and going and going. But around that time, I learned something. I learned that I was just, I needed a break. I needed to get out because all I kept doing was working myself to the bone for jobs I didn't really want. And I had a conversation, I had a brief conversation with somebody who was just like, isn't that, that that's what that is. You just keep working and you have your hobbies on the side. And that's, and that's when it hit me. Am I treating the photography as a hobby? Or am I treating my photography and my stand-up and my writing as a hobby or as an actual profession? And that's when it really hit on and And having that conversation really hit on me because I was wondering, like, no, they're not. I, 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 I got a little emotional. I was like, they're not? No. But I'm not happy here. And it's sucking out all my energy. And over a weekend, I had a conversation with myself trying to figure out why. As I was trying to push myself to write several scripts at once to see if I could do this see if I even had the if I had the actual effort and urge to do this and I learned that I did but I also learned that I was just so tired because if it because if I have to just do this every weekend I can't do this every weekend I don't have a place to live technically I mean I have a place where people let me stay and stuff like that but I don't technically live anywhere at the moment I don't. And I could either keep going with the job and trying to figure out places and place to hop. And basically, I could keep living the office job and having a secure, stable income and try to fit everything else in my life in there. And I mean everything else. I didn't shower as much. Not anymore. Not by this point. And I was amazed that I could pull that off considering my frame and how smelly I could smell. I, I have extremely sensitive smell receptors. So if something stinks, I know before most. I'm like, and it hits me harder than most. So it's like, oh God, it smells. But yeah, it was a lot. And I realized I need a break. And so October was coming up and I had felt those anxieties again. I felt those urges and those emotional lashings again. And 
people were like, whoa, you're really, so yeah, so as of, so on September 30th, I don't know when this episode is going to drop, so I'm just making that date, uh, I'm recording this on October 1st, but at sup- on September 30th, which to me was yesterday, I quit my job. I've held that job for about almost seven months. I started December. S- I started in December of 2018, and I left. I did not. I was just like, I gotta go, and I wanted to devote all of October to me. They gave me a choice: either I could stay till the end of October to finish up with the quarterly with the quarterly work, or I could leave today. So I chose today, or September 30th, being today at that time, and so I chose. Said my goodbyes, passed on the contact information to the people I wanted to have my contact information and information and other things and I left gave gave them my computer and the key card gone because I was just I needed a break and I was burnt out and somebody was feeling the exact same way but they weren't able to leave so I thought I needed to go so I did and I'm now devoting the next 30 plus 30 or so days to me resting up and creating like a madman. So yeah. So here's what I've learned. And I think if you have if you feel anywhere near how I felt the last few years, here's some bits of advice for you. If you notice yourself freaking the hell out, maybe step up maybe take a step back and figure out what you're doing and Look over what you're doing and see what's been giving you the most stress. And try to figure out if you can cut that from your life, or if you can't, figure out ways of trying to minimize the impact it has on you. Because, yeah, if, if you can't minimize the impact it has on you, it's the best to just cut it out. Frankly, it's not work. Look, whether it's a whether it's a living situation, you cannot deal with because, look, I get it. We live in Los Angeles. No one has a room. Everyone, I literally saw a meme that says that, literally personifies exactly what it's like to live in Los Angeles. You don't have a, you know, you, you want to live by yourself in Los Angeles? Good luck. Unless you're balling, you need at least three roommates and a sugar mama or sugar daddy, depending on what you're into. Just to make a rent, because it's like two grand here. It is legit ridiculous. And stuff that's cheaper than that will be blown off the market like that. Gone. So, it's it's nuts. If you feel like you need to cut something out of your life, do it. Do it and don't look back. Don't hurt yourself, of course, and don't do anything that's going to jeopardize your health. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy on the I'm just a guy with the microphone I bought for 60 bucks. Don't worry about it. Okay? If you need medical or help, seek seek professional help if you need it. Seriously. You you do. If you feel like you need it, go get that. Don't just take my word for it or don't just take my advice and think you're going to be okay. Because I've done that. It's not the best. I'm a smart guy, but even I have my limits. The other thing I've noticed is that you need to do things that help make you happy. Not just have hobbies that can turn into jobs, but just have things that are for you. I literally have this podcast just so I can keep myself sane. I'm not trying to... I mean, there are other podcasts I help out on that you know people want to help sponsor and do other things with it, but for me, this podcast is for me. It's just trying to make sense of the world. It's just trying to keep me from going completely nutty. And if anything, I have this podcast because it's my way of trying to, you know, figure out myself and take a breath 
look over the last the look over the past week month year whatever of my life and say is this what i want to be doing or is this how i should be living you know change change is good change growing evolving like i'm, I'm about to start i'm going to delve into music me music that's bizarre as hell but i, I want to do it because it's just you know i wanted to have a place to have that outlet I'm probably going to write a whole bunch of dirty limericks and then learn piano so that the dirty limericks are serenaded by lovely, lovely music. And then, and then, oh my God, why is he screaming about, <laughs> why is he talking about, it's like, why is he talking about having sex with white women? What's wrong with this man? Like, it, it, yeah, I know. Stuff like that, where it's like the charm of Will Smith with the raunchiness of Bob Saget's stand-up. And if you haven't seen Bob Saget's stand-up, uh, if you have if you're squeamish don't <laughs> if you're not strap in danny tanner's got a lot of lot to say <laughs> it still cracks me up thinking about it and thinking about the song about he, he sang called my dog licked my balls I, that, that that warms my heart every time <laughs> but that's what i'm talking about you know you do things that are for you and that you enjoy and if you can enjoy that maybe the rest of the world can too and you don't lose that that's how you can make stuff that resonates with people and that you know that people love to hear hopefully this will do the same thing all right but yeah so to wrap that up um what else i don't know if i have anything else for that but hey if you need to take a break take a break damn it please it's not for yourself for me because if there's anybody out there who can understand the point of overworking yourself to death it's the guy who literally has done, who has literally worked in office jobs while being a photographer and a stand-up comedian and a podcaster and a and a videographer and a writer and a musician. It, you get the point. You're doing too much. Cut down the stuff that's killing you. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Look, take care of you, man. Just take care of you. Seriously, take it from somebody who has literally done his best to help take care of everybody else but himself. I'll get into that another time, but hey, take care of you. And if you need to smoke some weed while you do it, or take a shot of whiskey or something, go do that. Don't get it. Don't do too much where it becomes like a problem where you need to seek like help in the desert in some sort of facility. But embrace things that you know. Reward yourself with things that you know make you feel better in the long run. I guess I'll dedicate this last minute to you know thanking all the people who you know, who've been around me and who've been helping me out this whole time and, you know, keeping me sane. I appreciate and love all of you. Family, friends, you guys are the best and you kick ass. And I, or I'm going to make you a little, and, and for you lovely Avengers fans who've seen Endgame, I, for all of you, I love you 3000. Okay, now I'm getting a little weepy. God damn it, Scott, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> okay all right i think that's enough for me but <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> i'm not i'm not laughing i'm not crying i'm laughing <laughs> okay that's enough Yay, you made it to the halfway point of the show. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, boy. 
Okay, enough super encouragement for you listening to my very free podcast. If you want any updates on the podcast, go to Instagram and look up the.experiment.is.live. There you'll have updates, or you'll find updates rather, on all of the things I'm doing related to this podcast, as well as who I might be interviewing next. Speaking of what's coming up next, I rant about romance. Strap in. We're getting hardcore personal here. It's the experiment. Hello, it's me again, back for another rant. This one is titled very simply, This Romantic is Tired. And I mean tired. Now look, I'm going to give you a brief rundown of my dating successes. I have only been on maybe two, possibly three dates in my entire life. Three. That's it. I've had a cyber relationship in high school that didn't really work out. I uh, have a lot of insecurities I've been trying to flesh out. Like one borderline fling. It's been, it's been a lot. So, yeah. Okay, you know what? screw it. I've been trying not to say anything or talk about it because frankly people say you shouldn't talk about it. Or at least when I talk about it, it sounds like I'm talking about it like it's been afflicting on me. So to give you some background, I'm going to explain to you a term that you've probably heard a few times and don't know what it means and it might be a little touchy for you because it's been it's been blanketed all over the news as a way, as a label for uh, particular shooters. Uh, you know, mass shooters and things like that they've labeled them some of them have been labeled incels or which is shorthand for involuntarily celibate now in that basic terminology i fit into that category because i am in well in most cases i am involuntarily celibate most not all sometimes i choose to be celibate because long Long story short, there are times when people, you know, they say that there's this phrase, I think it's stupid now, but it's probably still true or not. I don't know yet, but I heard this phrase a while back that a woman can tell whether or not she's going to have sex with someone in the first few minutes of meeting them. And I feel like that's both ways because within the first few minutes of me meeting someone, I can feel whether or not I'd want to spend enough time with them to want to figure out whether or not I'd want to be, for lack of a better term, inside them. And there are a, a lot of cases where I was just where people were like, just go after that, just go after and go around, and then I try, and I learn a bit more about them, and I don't want to be around them for mo- longer than five minutes because, even though they were like very much into me, and it's not. Whether or not they were bad people, in some cases they were just, I was, I just didn't like them. I just didn't like them at all. And nothing to do with you know, their reception towards me. It just, I didn't want to hang around this person. It felt like I was dropping IQ points in, or in some cases, or in others. They were just, they had behavior, they had very questionable behavioral traits that I was just not into. But as I've learned, apparently dating is not about that. Dating is about fucking. A lot of it. 
Didn't matter whether you liked the person or not. Can you, do you want to fuck them? And frankly, I do want to. do have sex with a good number of people. But I want to like some of the. I want to like at least most of the people. Not, not to the degree of wanting to have a relationship with them. But if I could stand to be around them for four to five minutes, I'm not opposed to stuff like that. But I've been. But I've, as my friends have. Sorry, I'm scratching my cheek. As my friends have pointed out to me, some close friends of mine, I've expressed some, they think I'm a good guy, but I've also expressed some traits of very questionable and flag, red flag-like behaviors, you know, saying I don't, you know, when am I going to catch a break? When really I'm not asking about catching a break with dating. I just want to catch a break because so I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and I was working and as I, I mentioned in the previous rant, I was tired because I had been working office jobs for the last four years. Half a decade of my life has been behind a desk, and I was not happy about it. And it had exploded into the rest of my personality. Probably should have mentioned that in the last part of the rant, and I probably did. But I, look, these things happen. It's the same episode anyway. But look, I feel like I'm also trying to, but that, that's also something I do. I try to explain, and that that's what I do. I'm trying to make sure that I'm as un- I'm understood, and things that I say are made as clear as possible, so that nothing gets misconstrued, and people don't think I'm one of those crazy people who's gonna shoot up the place because I didn't get laid. Like I I literally saved a meme that that was created because a guy was talking about how women don't really need women aren't meant to wear pants, and that it won't, and you know it just curves and it makes them extremely desirable and stuff all that it basically the end of the meme was like wow that's a very long-winded way of saying nobody wants to fuck me i mean there are times when i feel like that but i don't try and analyze some form of culture with women as an excuse that's gross to me i was raised in a house by a single mother and three sisters i don't have anything against women whatsoever i really don't if i have something against you it's not because of your gender it's because of you it's not i I phrase it like this it's not what's between your legs that's bothering me it's what's between your ears that's making you an asshole and that's bothering me it's the logic between your ears that's making you an asshole that's giving that gives me grief and stress that i don't need in my life because that's really what it is to me, I don't care. Uh, to me, I guess, I guess, in the sense that some people would say I identify closer to pansexual as anything else, or something like that, or maybe I'm a bit bi curious. But that's just because I'm friendly. I flirt with fucking everybody, as I've been, <laughs> as I've learned recently. Like I flirt with everybody because it's, it's fun. I'm just fucking around. I'm chill. I don't. I'm Scott. I don't care. Look, I don't care where you're from or what you do. Just be cool. And we can be cool. That's it. If you if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, let me know. I will shut it the fuck down if it's coming from me. But uh, you know, it's unfortunately, some people don't like to communicate, and that makes things hard. Makes things extremely hard. <sighs> so, when it comes to the whole concept of incels, a lot of them feel like they've been basically shut out from women and from society because of that they end up becoming you know 
anti-feminists and saying oh this, this, they're just trying to destroy us oh these so these social justice war social justice warriors online are just reformatting all of our films and stuff like that look first off that's bullshit secondly you do have a there is a point to be made there about the pacification of certain elements of society especially in period films go watch mad men go watch a certain scene of predator seriously Go watch some of these things that people love to be nostalgic about. Notice how much, notice how much shit does not have aged well. There's episodes of Friends that don't age well because of how, di- how much they try to tiptoe around the, around homosexuality. It doesn't age as well as you think. And on top of that, it's not exactly. Look, I'm not a look. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm a guy who has a bachelor's degree in film and cinema and who learned to read the age of two. So I feel like at times I'm a bit ahead of the curve, but at the same time, I'm like miles behind certain other things. I don't know everything. I'm out of my element in a fish out of water in an accounting office, but if you put me on the movie set, I'll start learning shit like real quick. I'll start picking up all types of traits. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I'm good in some arenas, I'm better in some arenas than I am in others. In, in some environments, I'm more, much more favorable to, to hang around in. Now, when I look at these reports and these mass shootings about and and hear about not read but hear about the manifestos described manifestos described by news officials, I've heard the fact that it's just they they feel like they've been shunned and they blame women and all of this ridiculousness and i just can't agree with that i was raised by women to have manners and to you know speak fluently my mother is the one of the best human beings in my life because she does nothing but being but work tirelessly for her kids i know many people who do put in that much hard work just for someone else that type of selflessness i I do my best to carry into the rest of my life. But I've also learned over time that, you know, it's, you can keep giving, but if they're not going, but if all they do is take, it's not a savvy, it's not a solid relationship, especially if they're not communicating that factor, they keep feeling attacked. In other words, a lot of the relationships I've had, which were mostly platonic, but for all the relationships that I've had or all the connections that I've had, in times when communication has been terrible, it's, has been in points when I have basically I've tried to hold people I've tried to hold people at okay let me uh I'll phrase this differently when I've confronted people and I've tried to hold them responsible for their actions they felt like I was just attacking their character and their you know who they were as a person and you're just doing this because you're doing because of blah 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 or something like I'm like no I don't care about that shit if I'm saying just because I'm holding you accountable for re- your behavior doesn't mean I'm attacking you as a person. If I wanted to attack you as a person, I'd mention more. St- I'd be a little bit more personal about it. But if you're not going to take responsibility for your actions and just think that I'm that you just want me to say yes to everything, it's not a it's not how a relationship works in any way, shape, or form, platonic, romantic, or otherwise. It doesn't matter if you're related or not. Having someone just being devoted to one person and saying yes to everything 
that sounds like the type of fucked up shit that I would watch in House of Cards before Kevin Spacey was labeled as a garbage human being permanently. Well, we'll see about how permanent that lasts since you know the, the, the whole allegations, but another time, another rant. But the point is, is that what, during that show, the particular character played by the aforementioned actor manipulated people into serving their interests and their interests alone. That shit is horrifying. Because how do you have someone serve their interest and you just, you know, you have interests of your own. You have desires and wants and needs. You have things that you want to do and things that you'd like to do and things that you'd love to invite the other person on. But if they're just all about themselves, there's no point to that. If they're just blaming other people for things that they've done, the problem is you can't have people, you can't blame someone else for something you did. You took these actions. You you took that shot. You made these choices. You went home with that person knowing full well you had a girlfriend. You beat the crap out of somebody because they because they defied who you are and they mocked you in public. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still did the thing. It's not their fault you attacked them. It's not their fault that you that you did the thing that, to them. I've always, at least to the best of my knowledge and to the best of my ability, have taken responsibility and have fallen on my sword for the things that I have done to other people. Or at least I've done my best to try to. And surprisingly enough, a lot of the times people are like, it's not your fault. If anything, they have commended me for the fact that I've been extra communicative, that I've told them my situation, that I've been upfront with everything I am as a person. And some people get afraid, and some people get a little taken back by that because of how honest I am with them. And I'm like, well, you want, well, it's transparent. I told you exactly what it is, and I told you exactly how it's going to be. If that's not something you're cool with, that's fine. Just let me know. Talk. Communicate. Do that. You'll feel a lot better about your whatever relationships because I've been in those situations before. Pretending that an entire gender is responsible for your inability to have a relationship with somebody is complete bullshit. I've had those situations before, but it's not limited to one gender. People with penises can be absolute divas. I'm going to say that again. People with penises can be absolute divas. It does not matter whether you're straight, does not matter whether you're gay, does not matter what you are sexually or genders or speaking in genders. You can be a dick if you don't have a dick. You can be a you can be an asshole. Yeah, you can be a dick if you don't have a dick cuz everyone has an asshole. No matter what gender or what you're or what you're into, everyone has an asshole and everyone has to has the ability and right to be an asshole. But choose your goddamn moments. Because look, I've had rejection on top of rejection, on top of rejection. At one point, before I went out to college, I've had a roughly, I counted around 300 or so rejections from women. I had one date leaving high school. I didn't get another date until nine years later. I actually remember the first date I had. It was September not it was Saturday, January eighth, 
for 9th. It was January 8th, 8th or 9th, uh, 2010. It was a cold winter. I'd met her in a mall. Her name was Lauren. She's a very sweet woman. Super tall. I remember her because I turned around and boom, there she was. I was like, bah! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I giggled for a bit afterwards. I'm like, oh, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so I was like, wow. I felt like, okay, this is going to be a good start. And we just talked the whole way. It was great. But this was back in high school. And I didn't know how to... I was extremely clingy back then. I was just pushy and clingy and trying to just... I was doing too much. I was doing the most, and I needed to pull back. I unfortunately like started behaving in a stalkerish manner, and I was I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that at all. So after that experience, and she made it very clear, and just like unfriended and blocked me. So I I, I felt garbage about that because it was also around Valentine's Day that this happened. So. I was not in the best place, not even close, and all I could say was, all I could say was just, it was not a good time for me, not even, so what I decided to do instead was, you know, I decided, I'm alright, I'm going to try this differently in college, I'm going to try and be something different, and that, that didn't really work out either. Ended up in another type of like fling-like relationship. It didn't really work out. I was a little, I, d- I was just kind of all over the place at that time because I was focusing on school mostly. It, 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 I was always prioritizing. It it wasn't. It was at the beginning parts where I prioritized work slash school over everything everything else because I thought that was going to get me towards what I wanted, without realizing that I needed to go after what I wanted rather than just working towards something that frankly was only going to give me some form of monetary or uh, some other form of validation that wasn't that I wasn't going to find I wasn't going to find any type of validation through the work I was doing that I wanted out of the relationships I was chasing after and that was something I it that I had to learn over a course of several years I didn't have another date until I believe it was 2018 it's January, late January of 2018. And I went on a date with this lovely woman. And she was, and I, know, I had known her from, this is after I graduated from art school. And I had known her for a bit, and she had revealed she had a bit of a crush on me. And because of how smart I was, and I was taken aback because I was like, wait, what? You're into me? And you're awesome? And you're into me? What? I that oh that uh, uh, okay, dope, dope, sick, yeah. Fucking hey, <laughs> I'm still flustered about it because I still I still can't believe it. And that was the type of you know that's the type of self reflection I was talking about earlier. But I was amazed. So I thought, all right, we'll give this a shot. And I did. Went out first. <laughs> we went out for a, a dinner. We went out for dinner. I took her to this steakhouse. And I did not realize how much the steak was going to be. So we had to, unfortunately, I unfortunately asked her to go Dutch. But I was like, I'm going to make this up to you one day. And I did later on. We went to go see a movie. But 
since then we hadn't been out on another date and she was focused on other stuff and the next time I at least saw about her I believe she now has a new man in her life and I'm glad I'm actually glad because I'm like good you got somebody who can help balance you out or not not in those words what I mean is you have somebody who can fit with what you're looking for that's what I want for everyone As much as I have a terrible dating record, and by terrible, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Nine years, eight, nine years it took for me to get another date. And I managed to get one at least within the six months. It's three dates almost across a span of a decade. Literally, it's taken me so long to get dates that my president, that literally, that the, how do I put this? It's been so long for me to get dates that the president that it takes presidential terms for me to get dates. Apparently, like it, it's a lot. I'm waiting for the next election cycle to see if I can take another shot at dating pool. So, come on, 2020. Let's be let's let's make it my year. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is, I've been shot down and rejected and all that. What I guess I'm saying is, hey, keep going, or you do you, or do something. Because right now I'm following some, because at least the last few years I've been following some weird wizard sage-like Night's Watch lifestyle where I just, you know, I take no, I will take no lands and I will bear no children. I will wa- I will be a watcher of the wall. Pretty much I'm, I'm leaning into the Jon Snow lifestyle, although thinking about Game of Thrones, yeah, that didn't work out for Jon Snow either. That guy got fucked. <laughs> and he had to fuck. <laughs> Dude, she was your... Oh God, I can't. I don't want to think about that. God damn, that was. Uh, I'm about to think about the finale. I'm just thinking about the whole that whole. Not the. Not, I'm not talking about the last season or anything. I'm just thinking about Jon Snow's whole like. He, uh, oh God, I'm so. I feel so bad for that dude. But. Look, I've. I am a firm believer, and I was just talking about this last night with my friend and. In fact, I'm actually, I was talking with a friend before I recorded this about the fact that she wanted to do something super nice with her boyfriend because she's been in a lot of really, really garbage relationships with really garbage men. And I know because I photographed one of them. And, ugh, gross. The the shit I found out about that dude afterwards, after they broke up, whoa. And now she's probably the best guy she's ever been with, ever. And he's awesome. And she told me about all the stuff she's planning to do for his birthday and for Christmas. And I'm just like, look, if I had a girlfriend who did that for me, I'd fuck her right then and there. I wouldn't. Ma- it wouldn't matter if it was an audience or not. I'm like, you can watch this or not, but this is happening. <laughs> I would say I'm kidding, but I'm not really. That'd be really dope. But, but I was just trying to reinforce her, like, look, you got a really great dude, and I know you're freaking out by the other stuff, but it's okay. It's going to take time. You're going to be okay. I've met people who've, you know, look, I've, all right, this might be a long one, so, because typically around this time I would try to wrap it up, but this might be a long one, so, look, I'm typically the guy people come to for relationship advice, and you're probably wondering, 
well, yeah, of course they would come to you for relationship advice. You sound like you got a good head on your shoulders. You seem like you're very unbiased in your opinions, except in certain things like Twilight and Michael Bay movies. Which, by the way, Michael Bay movies are hit and, you know, some of them are hit and miss. But Transformers is all miss for me. Except for the first one, it's somewhat of a hit. Because Spielberg had more influence. But th- that that's another rant for here and there. That's another rant for another time. What I'm saying is, I never saw myself as a person who would have that type of relationship or internal advice, but that's because of the thing I kept talking about throughout this entire rant. Communication. It's communication that we need. And it's communication that keeps things going. Without communication, you're, you're fucked and you're dead in the water. If you're doing all the communicating and the other person isn't, that's not a good relationship. If you're making all of the choices or you're doing all of the things and the person's not reciprocating, basically a one-sided, a, a relationship where one person's doing all the work and the other person's just latching on like it's a group project and high, a, group, a high school group project, it's not going to work. So, I'm talking about, this, so yeah, people coming to me for relationship advice, you know, uh, did, did, is it wrong that I'm doing this to my boyfriend considering what he's been doing to me or something like that? Is it, it, it does, does he actually really like me? Do you think he's doing, I get all these types of questions and look, all I can say is this, if you can't, if you don't feel like you can talk to them or when you do talk to them, you don't feel like they're listening. I want to say, keep trying. If they aren't, if you can tell they're not listening to you, there's a reason for that. Because I've seen guys, and here's the, I'm going to break the, f- some guys think I'm going to break the bro code by talking about this, but fuck them. Because these guys have basically mastered an art where they half compliment women just enough to keep them latched on because they're interested and think they can change a guy. This is something I've seen so often to the point where I have to joke about it on stage so that I don't scream out of my lungs going, he is a absolute fuckwad. Drop this Drop this limp dick motherfucker and leave him. Don't leave him for me. I don't give a fuck. Leave him for you. Because. And look, it's not just guys. Women, Some women do this too, but it's prominently guys. And honestly, those type of people, drop the fuck out of them. Because honestly, they don't care about They just want to have a, they just want to have a hole. They just want to have a, a, a fuck toy. You're there as a sex toy, a novelty prize. Except, you know, you're um, you know, you're sentient and you talk back. <laughs> you're a, you're a sex toy to them, you know, little piece of action, and that wasn't communicated in the beginning, so now you just kind of settled into the routine. Or in some other cases where you just, or in some other cases where you you're trying to you know, you're not comfortable with who you are, and so you start lashing out at other people. Or in the worst cases, you're in an abusive relationship and he's beating the shit out of you. Or she's beating the shit out of you, and you can't. And trust me, that happens too. And you don't feel like there's anywhere you can turn, and you need some serious fucking police help or some serious professional help to some degree. I think the better, okay, the better season out of the two with Big Little Lies. Not, not to diminish the aspects of the second one. There's some, there were some wonky things going on behind the scenes that I was not a fan of, and Meryl Streep is the shit. But the first season is obviously the better one because how how they because of how they handled the the aspects of certain of the particular characters and, and what I mean is by uh, Celeste played by Nicole Kidman, her character having to be in an abusive 
fucked up relationship with a man who was damaged to the core. And you get a little, and of course, the second season elaborates on that by introducing his mother, played by Meryl Streep, who is the ultimate shade bringer. Like, that show is a shade. That show should be just, just called Mega Shade because, fuck, man. But again, ultra tangent. What I'm getting at is, you gotta, you know, people like that don't give a fuck. They don't. They don't care about whether or not you, they don't care about whether or not you, you know, you, you, you want to be, you know, do more for the relationship or things like that. They're just sitting there watching TV, not giving a shit. And if you're at that point, and if you're listening to this, and you're starting to have that little itch in the back of your head where you're thinking, maybe he might be right. It's probably because I am. And I don't like to be right. Seriously, I don't. The type of thing, how I clock a lot of the things scares the shit out of me. Like, I clock a lot of things. I get, I don't like to being right, but I don't downplay that shit either. At times, I like to say that I have a bitter, I have a, I have a better than average track record of being right. But if you're noticing that they're not putting enough into this particular relationship relationship outside of a certain amount, you have to ask yourself, or outside of certain things like financial capabilities or even just just making an appearance and not really being present in the moment, like, then what are you doing? I left an office job because... It was. It served its purpose. It at that point served as much purpose as it was ever going to serve. And if I kept doing, and if I kept doing it, it was going to be for their benefit, not for me. And it's not because I didn't believe or didn't want to do the work. It's just I had things I wanted to do, and if I just kept going there, it was just going to be to keep up with the, with the bills and with the expenses and with all of that jazz. So, yeah, I wasn't down for that. And I wasn't going to be okay with living in any type of, with being in any type of relationship where I was just asked to agree with the person or go along with the person or just let their toxic ass behavior continue on. Trying to just laugh it off is like a joke. I've hung around all forms of comedians. I know a joke when I hear one because I laugh my balls off at it. And I laugh myself into a fit where I am coughing up like I've taken a giant rip of a four-foot bong. Twice. So, I know funny when I hear it. I can say that much. And excusing toxic behavior or lack of interest in a relationship just so you can keep somebody stringing along or make sure that they are super loyal to you, that ain't funny. That's fucked up. And if you're taking offense by what I'm saying, it's probably because you're doing the fucked up shit. And you don't like that I'm calling you out for it. Then change. But if you don't think there's anything wrong with you, then don't. But don't be surprised if somebody else says the exact same thing I'm saying in a different way. Probably in a way that will get you to understand. That. Look. Not once have I ever blamed a single female or anyone who identifies as female for my dating record. I've blamed me. But I've also said that, but they, but I've also had other people say that maybe I should go to therapy for this. Why do I need to go to therapy to get other people to date me? That doesn't make sense to me. 
and it doesn't make sense because it, it's like I have to go work on myself. I have to go get somebody to help me work on myself when all I do is work on myself. But honestly, complaints like that com came from exhaustion from working three jobs at once. So it was less trying to me. It was less of me trying to figure out why people weren't dating me, and more of me just pushing myself to limits I shouldn't. I shouldn't have pushed myself to in the first place. Which is why I've taken a month off to just taken a month off of regular office work to just chill the hell out. And within a day, I've already returned back to the normal the normal mindset I've had about just well, improvement, exploration, understanding. And communication. I already feel a hundred times better because it. I haven't changed. I'm just under a lot. I just feel a lot less stressed out because I'm not freaking the hell out over things. I mean, we've been. I I will use this. Oh, how about this? I've been talking about like all types of other things. I got touched about incels i've talked about you know people using boyfriends and girlfriends in terms of like just you know the leading them on or in toxic relationships where they just feel I mean, you have to take you have to bend the knee to their will or subject or subject yourself to their consequences for it and forever shunned but i'll give you an example of what i feel like a good relationship is it's not a romantic one but it's one i highly respect Back in, I say, I want to say 2004. I was in 6th or 7th grade. I believe it was 2004 or 5. I met a guy named Eli Besner. He's a big dude back then. A little portly. And I was extra skinny back then, too. <laughs> Not ultra skinny, but, you know, like, I had some weight on me. But, but yeah. We always, we treat each other like shit throughout middle school. We were garbage to each other. But then came high school and started seeing that everybody else was garbage. Not everybody else in terms of like, oh, God, everybody else sucks but us. But in terms of, wow, these people, wow, what the fuck are they doing to each other? And over time, and over that, we became a lot better friends. The people I were friends in middle school were better friends. And over time, you know, I've fallen out of contact with the number of the people from high school and from middle school uh, short of Facebook friends I talk to them every once in a while but the only person I have talked to consistently from that time has been Eli and every time we talk it's like we pick up from where we left off and we've been to this day I have snapchat for that purpose I don't really have snapchat for any other reason than to talk to one of my oldest and best friends Simply because we understand each other, we had a shared interest of both comic book of both comic books, movies, and other things. And unfortunately, also uh, an actor named Kevin, who performed in things like House of Cards and Baby Driver, that was revealed to be a garbage human. And yeah, we were both very fucking frustrated by that shit, and dropped them like a fucking sack of shit that they are. But getting sidetracked. Point is, we were. We are very great friends, and we've always been, I guess to a degree, we've always been there for one another. We've always supported each other. 
and we've always pointed out whether or not you know certain traits aren't cool and whatnot and him more than me him pointing that in me more than me and him but i also just try to let him know like look at the, the certain things that, that you feel like you're doing this it's okay because if no one's getting mad at you about it if no one's feeling uncomfortable with you doing these certain things then there's nothing to be uncomfortable about but maybe the reason you're feeling uncomfortable is because of this and we've had a, a, like adult ass conversations at times when the last thing we were thinking about is being responsible ass adults because we could always see ahead of the curve. We could see what's coming up next. We could see how things were going to unfold in certain situations. And we could definitely identify how certain archetypes that we could see in other people. Like, oh, we know this type of person. Oh, we know that type of person. Oh, yeah, we know exactly what they're like. Yeah. I know it sounds like we're those kind of people. But also, we're also the kind of people that we can sit back and they can tell us exactly and we could, they could tell us everything they want to know us about ourselves, and we don't have to say anything to them. I've had that happen all the time. I just have to sit there and let people talk, and suddenly, and within five minutes, I not only know who they are, but I know how they're like in certain other situations. I can gauge people hella quick, but, I am, but I'm not just assuming that that's all they're like. I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and you know, follow up to see what they're like in other environments. But nine times out of ten, we're pretty. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty accurate about who who does what and who is what. Let me rephrase that. I can clock who a person is by the first meeting, but I like to do follow ups to make sure that whether or not I'm right, wrong, or if there's something I may have missed. I'm thorough like that. But. But the relationship me and him have, we've had for quite some time to the point where we know each other one we know one another well enough to know what is going to be what's going to be what's going to be worth it what's not going to be worth it what's going to be dope what's not going to be dope and it's probably the best relationship I've had outside of family with someone not to put down all the other times I've talked with other people and other friends not even close some people the other friends and whatnot in my life are cherished beautifully i always try to make an effort to go out and and go out of my way of not only seeing them or making sure that they're okay but with me and eli we've always understood one another and and that's i feel like the bedrock of any good relationship we've always had a form of some way of communicating with one another there was never any emotional barriers. There was never any doubt of whether we were talking around each other or just deflecting what the other one's saying. We just understood. We got it. We get it. He got it. And I got it too. And and I guess what I'm saying is, is that if I was going to go and seriously, aggressively try and date somebody or even try and hang out with somebody... If I can't, if I don't feel like I can be friends with you or just hang around you for more than five minutes, regardless of your political beliefs, regardless of your intelligence level, regardless of any other aspect of your life, if I can sit down and talk with you for more than five minutes and we got a good vibe going on, there is a solid chance that we'll be friends, if not more, if not a chance for something more or have some fun. 
because no one wants to spend time, waste time with people who suck. No one wants to waste time with people who don't want to do that, who don't want to kind of just sit there and chill out and stuff like that, who don't want to, like, look, if I'm going to be petty, you want someone to either tell you to hold it back or to justify whether or not you can be petty. Like, oh, he did this to you? Roll up. We're going to rock, we're going to rock out this motherfucker. We're going to kick ass. Or maybe you did this and you kind of in the wrong here and tell you, yeah, you know what? You're right. And that's something that you don't hear all the goddamn time because no one wants to concede. People want to play, quote unquote, the game and treat everything like the game. The game is whack. The game is about as whack as a micro penis. Seriously, stop it. Because all you're doing is ruining a chance for anybody else to make a decent connection off of these garbage dating apps. I've been rejected off of five dating apps. Do I blame anyone but myself? Pretty much. Do I also blame the fact that this co- that this city is filled with people who are just trying to, who are just, you know, uncommunicative outside of the words, fuck? No. No, I don't want to fuck. Can we talk? Dick? No. Stop sending me shit. Or, well, I don't get those type of, actually I do. Never mind. I just mentioned earlier that people think I was, I just mentioned at the be- near the beginning that people think I'm bi-curious even though I identify and I am straight. I just... I'm friendly, and I talk to people, and yeah, shit happens. <laughs> shit happens too much. <laughs> I don't try to take advantage of anybody. I'm just like, oh, dip. Oh, God, you. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I feel, and I feel like the asshole for, because I feel like I let them on, and I'm like, oh, snap, something just went over my head. Because I'm an oblivious mofo at times. You got to tell me if something's up. I'm like, oh, you think I'm, all you think because of oh derp <laughs> ah man i goofed hard okay i i missed something my bad i always say that that's like my default line i i missed something here but to roll that back the best relationships are the ones that we can continue to talk about and reference as the bedrock of every relationship we want to have depending on what people tell you can always tell what people want out of a relationship by what relationship they reference most. And based on that, you can tell whether or not you can hang around that person. In my case, I've been around people who want to have a very secure, open, and communicative relationship. And then I've been around people who just want to lead people on and keep them around as, little, as their pet. And then I've been around people who just want to have slaves. And as a man of mostly black heritage... I can't fuck with slavery. Just, just, just rubs me the wrong way. So yeah, uh, to sum everything up, don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Well, actually, no, not be a dick. Don't be an asshole. We all have one. Just don't use it. Don't be an asshole. Use your asshole. Oh my god. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Use your asshole. Have someone lick it. This is the, these quote unquote millennials always love to eat ass. Eat ass. Don't be an ass. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Basically, the point I'm making throughout this last 40 so minutes of ranting don't. 
communicate with your partner. Ask them what they want to know. If they, and if they're not willing to communicate, don't waste your time. Everyone's talking about don't waste your time 2019, and yet you're still wasting your damn time. If they can't make if they can't make the rest of the way, they don't deserve to make it the way they've they don't deserve to make the to make it as far they've already have with you. Get the fuck out. All right. And as I said, the title of this particular rant is This Romantic is Tired and My Back is Starting to Act Up and God damn it, I need to take I need to eat. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh wait, wait, and, and one last thing I wanted to say about this. If you ever say that you're blaming an entire gender for the fact of, look, unless you're talking about men, because, well, yeah, you can't blame an entire gender for your lack of dating, for your lack of dating success. I don't. You know why? Because I learned to read, and it, and I didn't just learn to read books. Just saying. Read the room, guys. Read the room. Thanks. <laughs> I hope this helps anyway, in any way you c- in any way it can help for you and for your relationships. I'm gonna go get something to eat. See ya. <laughs>